This is Fabian Nicieso welcoming you to the Marvelists. Here's your hosts, Peter and Eddie. Avengers Infinity War. Now, nothing will ever be the same. Can anyone make sense out of all that's happened? These guys are going to try. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York morning radio broadcast announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, inundated with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. What happens next? Listen up, true believers. It's time for another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the rigmarole of this non-MCU, kind of non-MCU, what are, we, what are we thinking about this, Eddie? Whatever we want, I suppose. It's it's after Infinity War. We're, I think, still somewhat reeling. It's freeform. Not the network where Cloak & Dagger is going to be making its debut. No, no, no. This is more of a loose kind of episode. Kind of loose like the balance of the universe now after... It has to be. The snap. Hell yeah. So before we get into, like I said, that all that rigmarole... Let's get into how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Ow, tell us, Peter. First off, Facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelists. You can find myself on the Twitter at Peter Melnick, yourself at EWilson959. You can also find us on Instagram, which I've been using a lot more lately, at The Marvelists. Hey, there we go. You can also drop us a line in our email bag, The Marvelists at Gmail. And one last thing, kind of one last thing. It's like a twofer package. You can find us on Stitcher Radio and all other good podcasting platforms. So when you want to listen to us on the go, you can listen to us in the iTunes podcasting app. You can listen to us on Stitcher Radio. You can listen to us on the SoundCloud app, among many others. And also, when you're on the iTunes rate review and subscribe we we appreciate the positive feedback and if you're liking this show let us know tweet at us facebook us whatever and i'm not saying facebook us as in like you message peter malnick no 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 okay what's no in german nine nine what's no in spanish no correct so i was going with yet but i was in the wrong language I, I would assume, but I think there's like a little bit of a, an ocean in between them, but I digest. So, Ugh. Eddie, you can be able to five-star, and when you do that, like I said, you want, us, you want to tell us what you think about the show. Message us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Marvelous. Like I said earlier, yeah. So, also... If you're feeling in the mood to listen to a lot more than just The Marvelists and you want to listen to a lot of premium content... Go to Stitcher.com slash premium and use that promo code at checkout. Marvelists, right, Eddie? Absolutely. Absolutely? Mm-hmm. I like that. Agamotto, absolutely. I have Agamotto. There we go. I've actually been contemplating buying one of those. Not going to lie. You think you want to be Mordo? What? Maybe. Who wants to be a Mordo? <laughs> Dark side, you there? Maybe. Erwin, <laughs> baby, come over here. Anyway, so. There's a lot of light going on because we've across the 2,000 mark, I think. Yeah, we have on Facebook. So yeah. we, we thank you for the lot of likes that have been happening, and 
building since the time of the beginning of the Road to Infinity War. The beginning of time. In the beginning, there was Howard the Duck. <gasps> Is that the genesis? The Peter Gabriel was really disappointed. Of, yeah, the, the chicken and the egg, we go with Howard the Duck. Unfortunately, Which yes. came first, okay. Well, like I, like I was saying with that Stitcher thing, by the way, when you end up signing up, you're helping support this here fine show. It's, it's you know, helping towards production costs, hosting costs, yada, yada, yada. Ooh, and a lot of yada. Yeah, a lot of yada, yadas. Anyway. There was a lot of stuff in the last episode, so hopefully oh, this Lordy one was there. gets to bring some balance to the length of the podcast with this one being not quite as over three and a half hours thereabouts long. Well, you know what? Adding those interviews were great extra gems to, oh, throw, yeah. to throw in there to uh, to include, and they were really good interviews. And one we do need to mention, if you had not heard about it already, was the— Big shout out to John Samino. just happened— I that's how I envision it happened. I was there. It just happened that Roy Thomas said something that made us go, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, is that a, is that a why home do, improvement thing? Why do you talk that way? I had a stroke. Boy, okay, and that's some good water you're drinking, Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> made a yummy sound. Oh hell some yes, kind of sound. Mmm. <laughs> Fire bad. <laughs> no, that's my young Frankenstein thing. Oh, it's your regular Frankenstein. Okay. Diet Frankenstein. <sighs> the Frankenstein of a new generation. Edgar Winter Group, 1973. <laughs> there is a diet version, a shorter version than the full 443 time. Okay. There goes my hero. He's ordinary. Uh, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Roy the boy Thomas dropped a bombshell on us, and as a result... If you're listening to this show after last week's episode of Infinity War and that all that stuff, mm, all that, we ended up getting some press for that episode. We actually got credited as a news source over at Comic Book Resources, ComicBook.com, as well as this one Italian website, which really caught me off guard. Yeah, that's the way it seemed to be uh, worded, and the the letter lowercase letter e between our names. Lent, lent it to me thinking it was in Italian, and I said, Mamma mia. And also the domain, it had .it, so, you know, an Italian web domain. And, man. Ah, there we go. So thank you all for the very positive feedback, you know, and we also want to give once again a very big thank you to Emmett and Douglas Garnum over at Haven for Heroes over in Port Jervis, New York, for having us on the program in their store for all that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I actually swung by the other day, and I was talking to Emmett and Doug once again, and just, I wish we had a recorder for that discussion, because that would have made a great podcast, too. Another at least half hour. It, it was about, I think, I want to say roughly an hour or so I was there. That, yeah, you're and all hey, they, long-winded they, people. Okay. They, they haul and oats it for me. They made my dreams came true. Oh, they made my dreams come reference. true. Yeah. Okay. I ended okay. up coming out of there with a Dragon Zord from the original Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from 1993, that I've been legitimately looking for since 1994. Okay. I'm going to go hey, with it. I'm a big Power Rangers fan. If it wasn't for Power Rangers, I wouldn't have done martial arts as a kid. Real talk about that. six, I guess, or so. I want to say I was 10 when I was doing martial arts in 1998. Didn't help out with how I looked back then, but still, it was some fun times. Okay. But... Yeah, like a big Power Rangers fan. And like, honestly, if you're a superhero fan, look out for the old school Power Rangers episodes because there's just, 
there's something about those that, yeah, it's cheesy, but if you're a superhero fan, you gotta show respect for those characters, you know, because it's, mm-hmm. it's superheroes. So now, Eddie, once again, like I said, thank you to the guys over at Haven for Heroes, and thank you to John Cimino and Mitch Halleck of the Power Cosmic Podcast for helping set us up with Roy Thomas. Big thank you all around. And yeah, that was really like a bomb had gone off, essentially, because we all reacted so shockingly to that when, when Roy said what John's, he said. Well, John's reaction is still my personal favorite. Oh, I love that. That dude rules. You know, he started it and that kind of caused a, a ripple effect among the rest of us there. And speaking of Mitch Halleck, by the way, we are actually going to be in August at Terrificon over in Uncasville, Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Casino. So playing craps. If you're gonna be at that convention, say hi to us. New, I know new, I'm telling you, new facility. I'll be there. An f- expanded area for that. But this just being, I was told, their fourth Terrificon, which Mitch said directly, and just in its new um, or expanded area that recently finished construction, and they're really psyched about it happening. I've never been to this one before. But it's such it's a fun con. Like the con in. The state of Connecticut. And it's it's just a fun show to go to. And like this year, Mitch ended up getting a ton of really good talent. And for example, like in terms of celebrity guests, you can't go any bigger than Pom Clementi, the actress who plays Mantis, and John Bernthal, you know, the Punisher. You've got a thing for, for Mantis, I Oh, believe. I do. So, oh, I absolutely so do. So for an up-and-comer, and you know, this being, I thought, her big debut, so, you know, get them while they're on their way to becoming really super stars. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a great uh, catch. And this is a con where he's gotten a lot of really good people. He had the actor who plays Iron Fist, Finn Jones, you know, the thundering dumbass himself. Yeah. And he's also had John Wesley Shipp, who, plays the, who played the OG Flash on the 1990s series of the same name, and now plays Barry Allen's dad on the current Flash. Yes. And he's also gotten Kevin Conroy. And Nice guy that... Uh, that ship guy. Met oh, him yeah. once and at one uh, convention, wanted to uh, take a picture with him. So, of course, he tells the person who's taking the picture with my camera, he says, hey, use the Flash. And if you're a big fan of comics like we are, you know, Terrificon has like a crap ton of really good talent there. Last year, he ended up having Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo around the time of Dark Knight Metal, which was pretty damn impressive. That's a year ago already? Yeah. Metal? Mm-hmm. Okay, and it just wrapped up earlier this year. I, I'm sorry, not up on a lot of things, but just recently had come into contact with seeing that. Well, on some comic book bags, if nothing else. So. If you're a fan of Greg Capullo, metal is definitely worth it. Have you been? I don't even know if you discussed it before. To, uh, and I think you probably have to Terrificon. Oh yeah, I went back in. Oh yeah, I went back in 2015. Okay, and so it was, this that was probably the first year then. The this, first year this, as Terrificon, yeah. Okay. Under a different name before that? It was, I believe, Connecticut Comic-Con or Connecticon or something like that. But it was that, and there was a whole uh, name change, et cetera, et cetera. But the name that it is now is just that. It's terrific. And we're not we're not just saying this because, oh, that we're friends with those guys, blah, blah, blah. I would be saying this if I wasn't friends with them because it is a well-put-together convention that you don't see mm. very often. A lot of these cons of that size, they don't get the name talent that Terrificon gets. It takes a Mohegan last year to also, hold this show. Also last year, they ended up having Michael Cutlets from The Walking Dead who plays Abraham, and he was also in The Mighty Ducks. 
Mm. They ended up getting the actor who plays Taserface in Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Sullivan. Taserface. That's where Terrificon delivers. We hope to see you there. I'll be there Friday and I'll be there Friday, Saturday night, and all day Sunday. So, yeah. Quite a regimented schedule you have. I'm going start to finish as far as I can. So, Eddie, since we don't have a movie to talk about this week, but we will next week. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. This is going to be a lot more of a looser episode. And these are the kind of episodes where it's it's just fun to do because whatever comes to mind. We're going to talk about the future of the MCU, what we thought about the MCU in general, and all that good stuff. This is going to be the first one where it's non-structured of everything since the Marvelous first began. And speaking of non-structured, this episode is actually going to open kind of, well, not really open, but you get my point. We're going to talk about a fan question. Joe Abraham ended up sending us a question asking us what we think about Jake Gyllenhaal potentially playing Mysterio in the upcoming Spider-Man sequel. Now, this is one of those where I think he could do a really good job. An actor like him with the looks he has counterbalancing the character of Tom Holland. Yeah, go for it. You don't see Mysterio's face, so what does it matter? But you do see him when he's an actor. You see him in his past. You see this. I took a shot. I'm, I think it's going to be cool. And Mysterio is a character that, with a proper CGI budget, oh my God, he's going to be cool. Absolutely. The smoke and mirrors to, to just start off with. And if it will, I mean, I'm learning for the first time of the character Mysterio being in the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel. And now trying to think of if... And please don't uh, call it Homecoming been... 2, by the way, because Homecoming is technically not... It was just a subtitle. That's How like many times Ragnarok. can you come home? And so you can't call it Homecoming 2. Who says you can't go home? It's Bon Jovi. That's another story. Okay. You are good. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. About time, baby. You are a Jersey boy. Not originally, but a significant chunk of my life, yes. If, hey, if you've, if you've lived on one of those, you know, exits, you're fine. Off. Exactly. <laughs> Off the exit. And I don't know if we've seen any photographs of what Mysterio will look like in the movie. Well, we don't know for certain if Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be playing the character of Mysterio. No, It's just rumored right now. But I'm just wondering now if Mysterio will look like I know him in the comics. See, Mysterio is one of those characters where it's a very cheesy kind of look when you really think about it. But with the proper changes, it can work. Because regardless of what... We may say, Electro was a cool-looking villain in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because you had to get off that yellow and green pattern that you see so many. And the same... He well, looks like a daisy, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. A big yellow daisy. Or a big yellow daisy starfish. I Close to a step away from a sunflower, perhaps. That's perfect. I that Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more jagged. And I've seen at least in one... At one uh, convention floor someone dressed in that green and yellow original electro costume that you couldn't miss him for and i just said whoa meaning in a positive way yeah like wow you found that costume or made it and i know who you are but um, can that translate to the big screen with, that's a, the with a budget that is exactly the the dilemma and that's why now so with mysterio if i remember the color scheme it being a couple of shades of green and purple and purple on the cape yeah, and the which to you know, me translucent. takes me straight straight to uh, the Hulk. Yeah, with so. the purple pants. Yeah, purple pants eater. One eyed, one horn flying purple pants eater. I know. Eater. 
I know. What a sight to see, or whatever the lyric was. You're trying to figure out what the lyric is, aren't you, Eddie? No. Oh, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, is he moving on now? <laughs> we please, never know. Please move on. But yeah. we see here. Move along. Move along. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> but what I like is when we get these characters, we're going to get them in the proper style. We're going to get like this big budget version and hey, more power to them. Let's see what they can do. Let's show, like to quote on Rick and Morty, show me what you got because that's this, what they say on Rick and Morty. Yeah, that's why. Oh. <laughs> those gigantic heads. That's what, exactly what they said. <sighs> and it's one of those where if, hey, if Jake Gyllenhaal does play the role, it's a double-sided thing for me because when we get to this in a future episode, so as you all know, the month of June is going to be our Spider-Man month for most of the month. Yeah. If a four, five, or six was going to happen with, the, with Spider-Man from Sam Raimi, we were going to see Electro as one of the villains. And according to storyboard imagery, legendary B-movie actor Bruce Campbell was going to play the role of Electro. Whoa. And okay. I'm a big Bruce Campbell boy. I'm still pissed beyond belief that Ash vs. Evil Dead is not getting the season four. <laughs> and I feel that this movie would have been his really big break because let's be honest, Bruce does deserve it. He's a very charismatic actor. He works his ass off and... To say nothing of a limb. Yeah. <laughs> Groovy. Yeah. But he would have done a great job. But that's an episode for another day. Now, the other thing about this that I'm really digging is if we're going to get Jake Gyllenhaal in the MCU, you do realize this is one more actor from the movie Zodiac that gets casted into the MCU. We have Mark Ruffalo. We have Robert Downey Jr. And we might very well be getting Jake Gyllenhaal. I think Kevin Feige is a fan of the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. You've never seen the Zodiac Killer in... Kevin Feige around? No, I can't. I can't sully the name of Lord Feige. To even start to broach the topic, I'm I, sorry, you know, Lord Feige. Please forgive me. Reprimand. But yeah, it's it's a cool thing seeing that they're like they're just casting from all these different sources, and I I do feel that there's a big fan base in Marvel Studios for that. You know, it's very possible. So it's going to be kind of exciting to see what comes to pass with that. Now, what would you do as a storyline with Electro? Would you do an origin story, or would you already have him be a pre-established villain in this world, and he encounters Spidey? Most likely, he's established. Because the retellings are getting old. So you know how he came to be, at least in Amazing Spider-Man 2, and so you would need to, I think, move from there. Right. And develop a new person, a Mysterio, and whoever else might be, you know, and, and this I think is something we will discuss later in this episode as to what future Marvel Studios movies we would like to possibly see because, you know, with the success of things that we didn't know could be successful, Guardians being the first one that comes to mind, the first Guardians movie especially, why couldn't you do just about anybody in the Marvel Universe, barring rights and all that kind of stuff. Would you say a villain of Mysterio's caliber is something that Spidey is ready to face? Yes, I think so. Because wasn't he now, because I'm trying to think of the villains we've seen so far. and In these movies or in, are we in, or in all Spidey? In all Spider-Man, the villains we've been introduced through 
through a Spider-Man movie in general. Spidey 1 had Green Goblin. Spidey 2 had Dr. Octagonopus. <laughs> haven't made that reference in years. Spider-Man 3... This is the first time hearing that, and I don't know if I want to hear it again. Uh-oh. Well, we can rewind it. No. 3 had Venom, Sandman, and Harry as the Green Goblin. Yep. Then we had... One, which was the lizard. Was there anyone else in one? Because I haven't watched those movies in no, years. That's, that's, Two was Electro. Yeah. And that was about it. But you also had the very mechanical Rhino. But you've got now the basics, or most of, and did we already say Michael Keaton, Vulture? Yeah, and Vulture in okay. Homecoming, yeah. You've got, what, the Sinister Six, mostly in here. Would you want to see a repeat villain from one of those previous movies come in, like a new you know, actor portrayal and everything? Would you want to see... That's possible. And I don't see why not. If you didn't get too enough time and you would have hoped that some other character could develop, but you saw some of this villain character to get it at least established, say, okay, this person is in this universe, this world, then something could possibly develop down the line. Maybe bring in a black cat as well. I would be fine with that, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. And what I really enjoyed was the reaction from the fan base of Spider-Man. Everyone's figuring out what's going to be next. Who should we see? And a common fan casting now. And he hasn't warmed up to this one, but he's warmed up to another Marvel character, which I believe we've discussed on a previous episode. People have wanted to see Mark Hamill play Dr. Octopus. Wow. Dr. Octopus played by Mark Hamill would be a great choice. And he could play slowly going demented very well. Because look at his work as the friggin' Joker. Just that. Okay, from the little I know of that, yeah. But and the trickster in The Flash. The trickster. Yeah, I, I relate to that more having seen it, of course, and it not yeah. being an animated thing. Oh, Eddie, you still have to watch Batman the animated yeah, series. Like, you know, really? We're crossing worlds. But no, you know, I, I'm aware, that. but... Good, I'm glad you're aware, because you pointed out to me... Or some comments do, but you know what? It's all good. So with Spider-Man, he's got such a strong rogues gallery of villains, and I just feel limit it to one villain per movie. That would be ideal, yeah. Sometimes you throw two, you know, you're, you're thinning out, sort of, but not like Spider-Man 3, when you just had too much Yeah, cram on. it all in. You, did, you had a lot going in there, and the end result wasn't as good as you probably hoped for. Personally... If I had to see this happen, one of the people that I would like to see as a villain in a future Spider-Man movie, which apparently it might change because he's getting to be a big deal because of a recent movie and a recent music video, Donald Glover as Prowler in an upcoming Spider-Man sequel would be great. And you remember Donald Glover in that movie because he was the guy that ended up having a conversation with Spidey as he got webbed to the car, and it was basically, I'm talking about my nephew Miles. Yeah, that's coming back to me now. Yeah, exactly. Donald Glover with the recent success of Solo, A Star Wars Story, as well as his music video, This Is America. He's getting to be a big deal. And I feel him as a villain playing off of Tom Holland with him as the Prowler, who he's supposed to be, would be great. But apparently that might not happen because he's currently being eyed for a villain role in Black Panther 2. Kind of annoys me because... Well, you know... (sighs) That doesn't mean you can't bring in the Prowler at, altogether. And throw him into Wakanda? I I don't know about that. In a Spider-Man movie. That's yeah. what I'm saying with that. What we neglected to, and he was a minor character in Spider-Man Homecoming, was a sort of kind of little villain of the Shocker. So we didn't mention him. So 
go back yeah, to that yeah. Too. Like there's that, and um, there was also the Tinkerer. Mm, he was in there. Okay, okay. They did a really good job of like subtly bringing villains in. Like they didn't make them the focal point, but they were there. Right. Exactly. And even to establish a little bit more, not only that the Shocker could emit the electric blast from sort of kind of gauntlets on his hands, but also the coloring of of the jacket that he was wearing. Right. And the pattern was was kind of like that. So that was kind of cool. I like that. And with villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're also saying right now that someone might be coming back from the dead. Oh. Because they didn't realize how great of a reaction he got. Well, they'll find a way. Killmonger might be coming back because Michael B. Jordan is currently being eyed for a future Black Panther movie. But wait a minute. Like I said, sorry, spoilers. He dies in Black Panther. Uh, We might be bringing him back. And actually, you know how you do that? When Thanos goes, and then we have the reversal in the upcoming movie, some people are going to come back from the dead, some are going to stay dead. Perma-dead. And if that happens, hey, I'm down for seeing Michael B. Jordan return. He was an amazing villain. Yeah. No, he was. I think that really all covers it for our news portion of this episode. So, Eddie... Last episode, we ended up finishing our Road to Infinity War. Exhaustedly. (laughs) We ran that marathon, Eddie. I got to tell you, I I have really strong legs now from that Road to Infinity War. I don't know about that, but okay. What's happening with this is we're now looking back at what we did. Well, that was a thing. (laughs) I've got several right here, actually, of Ben Grimm. (laughs) We do. There's, he's make, Every time he's, a thing comes up, I say, it's clobbering time. But what I'm excited about is what the future of the MCU is, because we don't know what's going to happen. If the Comcast purchase of Fox doesn't happen, because it's rumored they're going to outbid Disney. What? We might be seeing... Outbid Disney? And Disney will not stand for that. You know that. Disney has a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Just imagine how much money they make from Disney World and Disneyland every week and Euro Check Disneyland. Check those ticket prices recently? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have a feeling they're not going to worry about Comcast, quote unquote, outbidding them because yeah. they will win. In the end, Disney always wins. <laughs> there are a lot of certainties in life. Death, taxes, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and Disney always winning. Wow, that's two more I didn't know about. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more. Let's just stop right there. Too much overload information-wise. But if that happens, we might be seeing characters introduced. And we're seeing a lot of people talking about this, including people in Marvel, you know, the Marvel films. They want to see these different interactions. For example, the actor who plays Colossus in the Deadpool movies, he wants to see him in the MCU. Go for it. Possible, sure. Mm -hmm. With, With that heavy accent. He was a perfect Colossus. and True to the comics form, yes. Sure, there's a lot of stuff that is very hit and miss. There's a lot of hit and miss in both versions, in the Fox Marvel movies and in the Marvel Studios Marvel movies. I think on a negative side for the more recent Colossus is you never saw him in anything other than in that form. Yeah. So there's that. It's it's true, but the thing is... Did you need to? Okay, fine. Yeah. I would like to see a quote-unquote human version. The other Peter. But the thing, is this, the thing is this. He's a CGI creation, and literally yeah. a fight happens at the end of Deadpool 2, which, Eddie, I'm disappointed you still haven't seen. I saw Solo twice. Two solos. Is that a duo? You Must went with, be. And you got to go with Chewbacca, too. So two that different was, people. Yeah. 
Eddie, are you sick? Sorry, I was clearing my throat. Oh, I thought you had a bad hard-boiled egg. No. At least it's not me hanging upside down trying to speak Wookiees. Anyway, anyway. What I think is with the Fox deal, if it happens, there's going to be a lot more open opportunities. We're going to get a lot more open future. And right now, we don't really know what's going to happen. No, and that's what you're excited about. And that's the thing about life that's exciting. We don't know what could bring us to the next day. What's going to happen? And with Marvel Studios, that future is the cool thing. And you also look back to the past. What got them to where they are? Marvel Marvel rules the world. Yeah. (laughs) They rule the box office. That world. Mm -hmm. They rule the comic book world because a lot of Marvel books sell really, really well, including this week's Spider-Man 800. I think, yes, it helps with the movies, but this is a milestone. So... Amazing Spider-Man number 800, definitely. Probably an $8 or $10 book, I think. Yes, it is. 10 Yeah. $9.99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting mine soon. Are you? Um, yeah, first and foremost. If, if anything's being collected nowadays, that's it. It may be a jumping off point. Have you been picking up Spider-Man? Amazing Spider-Man. You still do? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, you did you miss out on Red Goblin? Because that, no, that's... No, that was the, I don't know about a surprise, but now it's a, it's a more valuable book of, of more recent time. Another one. Did you actually, did you get the rest of Venom Inc.? Uh, there's a, a smattering of titles, so... Um, you had to get two issues. Close, if, you, if not... Uh, I think you had to get three issues or two issues of Venom, as well as the Venom Inc. Alpha and Venom Inc. Omega. Yeah, I think I think that's complete. boy, Eddie. We'll see. That's the other one coming up in, uh, in October. And one I of still, the other ones. Are you actually still picking up Chip Zdarsky's Spectacular Spider-Man? Yes, Good. in the, the 3-0 series. We're drifting away too much back to Marvel Studios. So, Eddie. History. What, you want history? I got it. Yeah, I definitely want to hear, like, what brought us to this point. Peter Mellon was born on December wi- 4th. A little Wikipedia help and 10 pages of notes get highlighted and um, originally known as Marvel Films, 1993 to 1996. Skip to involving three Marvel character film franchises getting past a billion dollars in North American revenue. And we're talking about X-Men, Spider-Man, and Marvel Cinematic Universe multi-film franchises. Yeah. And now, as we know, as we've covered over these past... Oh, 19 or so podcasts. It uh, is. This is our 20th. 19 films since 2008 within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, I mean, I, I am skipping paragraphs of material here, but... And these are movies that are still being... Like, the movies, the beginning, the Phase 1 movies are still being heavily analyzed to the point where an Easter egg from the first Iron Man just got unveiled. It was recently discovered by a Reddit user that at one point, Obadiah Stain is playing Solari on the piano and it turns out if you know your history music history he was the one supposedly that killed Mozart and he turned on him well obviously because he killed the man but what is that doing that's over for- a girl no I don't know that's foreshadowing because what does Obadiah Stane try and do to Tony Stank tries to kill him and overthrow him take his tech so 10 years later they're still finding stuff and James Gunn even the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volumes 1 and 2, and Scooby-Doo, he has stated there are still a crap ton of Easter eggs that no one's found in the first Guardians. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy because these are movies that you watch a million times and you're not going to get everything in one take. You're not going to get in the 45th take. No, you're, you're not. All of a sudden something's going to come out at you like, hey, what's this? 
Why did I not notice this before? And the other dozen times I've watched it on FX or whatever. And that's, you know, one way of, of solidifying and you, um, you know, getting it put to memory lines and parts of the movies and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. That, again, that's the magic of Marvel because we get all these cool little things. And obviously you're going to get that in other forms of media and pop culture. But it's almost rewarding in a way when you find these little things in the Marvel stuff. I found it. Look, look at this. Yo, Adrian, I did it. Eddie, you get a no prize. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. I love the no prize. Serious question. Did you ever try and get a no prize back in the day? I, wasn't there a comic book, a no prize book? Yes, I got yeah. that comic book. Well, I'm not talking about that, Eddie. I'm talking about, did you get a no prize by sending a letter to Marvel and saying, No. Well, actually, there's a scene in this panel number. And I never cut out in some of the comic books where you could, uh, you also never talked that way. Stamps. No, I did not. Just younger and higher pitched. Hi. Before, before puberty set in, and I was not doing a Mickey Mouse impersonation. <laughs> but that back, is frightening that I can do that. Yeah, well, you know, something to be said about that. What yeah. I don't know, but something. Anyway, digest. I am now too. You did. Was it a good dinner? Where we? It was. So, with these movies, you get so much, and they are rewarding experiences because you're not just getting a great story. You're not just getting. And I'm not kissing Marvel's ass. I really don't care because all of these things. Yes, they're not going to be perfect. But out of all these cinema, quote-unquote cinematic universes and film franchises, I've enjoyed the Marvel movies the most. I've had fun watching these. I've actually made friends, through you know, with people. Yep. Obviously not, you know, maybe plants and flora, but, and fauna, but. Fern. Hey, I know a lady named Fern. Anyway, but it's, it's cool. You have these communities. You end up developing, like I said, friendships with people. And I'm looking at one of those friends that, you know, I befriended because of Marvel. Get off your phone. Stop that. <laughs> but. I've got at least three stop that, so I'm going for five. <laughs> hey, you got the hat trick right now. It's okay. We can keep going. It's cool. Like, that's, the again, the magic of Marvel, that sense of community, too. Even if it is on that uh, common ground topic and it doesn't go much beyond that, although it can and, you know, that kind of thing. So more power to it. The, the info that I am gleaning over, of course, is just, just to throw a little history in there because Marvel Studios LLC again originally known as Marvel Films only from 93 to 96 and it says in August of 96 Marvel created Marvel Studios an incorporation of Marvel Films see it's all in the technicality and all the lawyers and accountants can can hammer out the uh, you know hair splitting details and stuff but the first film packaged and licensed by Marvel Studios was Blade which I'm sure a lot of people realized and, and knew about and let's just say it now, Eddie, we will be doing the Blade movies this October. October? Mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate to do yes. the spooky, spooky, spooky movies. Oh, Empire. During October. Yeah. Blade-tober. That didn't even make sense. The Marvel films Blade and X-Men demonstrated that widely popular films could be made out of comic book characters not familiar to the general public. There's foreshadowing, too, of what would be to come. So, yeah. They, they had something there. And I don't know that the, the, the widespread popularity, but I have seen, a, at least in a couple of cases, a couple of conventions, someone dressed as Blade. No one really was aware that Blade was a comic book movie. Correct. They, they really, they hid that. David S. Goyer did a decent job of hiding that stigma because this is a year removed from the disaster of a film that was known as Batman and Robin. Mm. That was a movie that, for a while, did ruin the genre of superhero movies. Because we have 1997, 
And in the aftermath of it all, 1999, there weren't many superhero movies that year. The no. only thing of extent was Mystery Men. Oof. That's about it. And I barely remember. Because uh, it takes... Hearing of and definitely not seeing. Oh, yeah. Mystery Men is a very underrated movie. Mm-hmm. I like it. And it's it's based on characters created by Bob Burton and just great stuff. And actually, one character that was supposed to be in there is one of my all-time favorite obscure comic characters. Supposed to be in there? Yeah. Flaming Carrot. Oh, okay. A man what, who read what? a thousand comics in one sitting and it melted his brain. And he became the Flaming Carrot. What an origin. Hell of an origin. Hell of an orange because it's carrot. What did that do for his eyesight? True story. Did you know that that was actually a way in the UK? There's actually no medical proof of beta carotene helping improve eyesight. It was just a way for people. They were saying that in the 1940s in the UK, buy carrots, eat carrots. The carrot industry is suffering. Let's see how we can hook them. That was legitimately the reason. Oof. Okay. The more you, you can't know, put, you can't put the slices of carrots on your on your eyelids when you're taking a nap. But a cucumber, no problem. Cucumbers are delicious, and they make good iPads, I guess too. No, an iPad is a great iPad. eyeball patch pad. Hey. Oh, it's a veggie. But yeah, going back over to Blade, no one that would you say the success of Blade was the fact that it wasn't really marketed as a superhero movie? It's very possible. Yeah, Marvel just because showed up action, and then it disappears. There was violence. There were vampires. There so was it techno. Really bad techno. And you know what? And I've yet to see, you know, unless somebody came out and said to me, yeah, I'm Blade. Who do you think I'm dressed as? Because it's typically been Wesley Snipes, black character, of course. And that's the only representation I've seen of Blade, anybody dressed up as that character. Yeah, you never there see the 70s been, one. You know, I, I got thrown off when I saw Scarlet Witch as an African-American. And I said, wait a minute, who, who is this kind of thing? And for me, it doesn't take much to throw throw me off, the way I remember a character in the comic book movies. And other ones have, have done that, too, across the genders. A, a male dazzler, for example, in the— That actually sounds really badass. Um, in the blue version, dazzler, and the star, I guess, that's or a star burst kind of thing that's on the Yeah, the uh, late like 80s, that. I want to say. Yeah, they're about— The I've one seen, that I've appears in the one. X-Men arcade game, too. Yeah, yeah. Side uh, alongside a male, I think long shot, which well, long shot is already male. Correct. Yeah, just how I remember Super Mega Fest in Massachusetts that one year. Yeah. Fast forward, if I can, December thirty first, two thousand nine. Walt Disney Company purchases Marvel Entertainment for four billion dollars, and things will never be the same again. With a fortune cookie, and they have it. That's right. They're made in America. (laughs) June twenty fifteen. 20th Century Fox, able to change the powers of Negasonic Teenage Warhead for Deadpool by giving Marvel Studios the rights to Ego the Living Planet in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. There's a big change. Oh, yeah. Just in terms of who the character is and the representation of it. And to be completely honest, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which, like Deadpool says, and I agree with him, is the coolest name ever. <laughs> was originally just a one-and-done character, and it was a dud character created by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Quitely? Quitely. Quitely. You know. Quick quick like a bunny? Quisp. The quick bunny. Quisp. Nestle. Let's just go with Quisp. Frank Quisp ended up creating this character. Just a delicious cereal of a man. But the idea of Negasonic Teenage Warhead was just a one-and-done character that I believe also dies in her first appearance. Well, and one-and-done I just automatically go to, and why can't they do this character, is Jubilee. 
Yeah, and the funniest thing was when they did X-Men Apocalypse, which, man, when we do that episode, I'm going to have so much fun talking about that nothing-happening movie. <laughs> but, Trying to happen. But real quick, with you know Negasonic Teenage Warrior, they changed the character, and she has more depth and personality now than she did in her one appearance in New X-Men. Hmm. It's a well-fleshed-together character, and... I was excited to see the character show up on the big screen for the sequel. To carry through, yeah. Yeah. and Nice kid, that uh, that Brianna. Brianna is, we got to meet her. Yeah. And she rules. Real quick, December 14, 2017, Disney agrees to purchase 20th Century Fox's parent company, 21st Century Fox, after it spins off some of its businesses for $52.4 billion which is uh, currently, we're told, awaiting approval by the United States Department of Justice Antitrust Division. Again, all the rigmarole with, with, with that. But now jump back to uh, 2014 where it says Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Volume 1 becomes the first Marvel music album to be certified gold and subsequently certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, which I'm familiar with being in music in terms of How play, are you? playing it, yes, as well as the first soundtrack album in history to top the Billboard 200 chart while consisting entirely of previously released songs. That's a feat worthy of recognition. And, and again, just to, to mention that, that that could actually happen for songs that were from decades ago, doing so well and resonating with, I would say, mostly older people who grew up with the stuff and maybe you know have gotten newer fans, millennials, as it were, who are now into the 70s music. Right. Through Guardians and hearing, just like I remember years ago when, when the movie Wayne's World came out and kids were like, hey, did you hear this new song by Queen? It's called Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's like, wait, duh. That was from, you know, 20 or so years ago. And that's the thing about this movie. Yeah, like you said, people like myself, I fell in love with the AM Gold of the soundtrack. And I'm actually always on the lookout for that kind of music. Like I, as it's been evidently clear, I'm a big Star-Lord fanboy and I cosplay as the character. And I carry around when I'm at the cons dressed in character as Star-Lord. I have a Walkman with me, and I'm actually listening to compilations of 70s AM gold hits. Like, music not included in the movie, but just stuff that's from very that, similar. From that era. I highly recommend a shameless plug for the 25-CD set of— That's a lot of CDs. And I have them all. Super Hits of the 70s, Have a Nice Day, from Rhino Records. See, Rhino— Going on a mini tangent, but man, they do an amazing job with their compilations and stuff like that. They pull out some really deep cuts and just phenomenal packaging. Yeah, yeah. It, it, deep uh, to a degree, uh, completely obscure. No, not quite, because you do want there to be popularity and being able to yeah. sell the stuff and along those lines. Personally, I was really fond, going on a tangent, I was fond of their work with doing Mystery Science Theater DVDs. And just how the stuff they would pull out. Yeah, Shout Factory does stuff with them now, but Rhino ruled, in my opinion. Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. They were a great resource to develop, to help with, uh, you know, you want to make your music library more complete, going back to that time frame. You know, we're in an iPod era, or past that now. I'm in an iPod funk for a while, trying to bring stuff over from CD. Some of it, I reduced the inventory, but that's another that's another tangent. Back to Marvel Studios. In terms of the logo animation, we're told that starting with the release of Spider-Man in 2002, Marvel Studios introduced its, quote, flipbook logo. And that was created by Imaginary Forces. Kind of a great idea that was 
you know what? If we if we looked it up, we could see that flip book idea that had come up. And I think there's still books that are out there, whether they be coloring book size, you know, you'd have your activities on the regular, you know, for the kids, but also in the bottom corner, you have a little picture of some kind of cartoon, which would slowly change its motion. It would be animated. And you would flip the pages and it would create motion by doing that. So Marvel takes off on this apparently and comes up with that flip book introduction. Really great idea. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again... The ideas like that, that's where Marvel's cool. You want cool, and I'm going to take a dig because of the least rated movie that we've done in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was the logo, like we said, seen in front of all the films until 2013. That's when the logo was updated with the release of Thor The Dark World. So if you have a highlight of that movie... Trey Stone wants to know who is the villain of Thor The Dark World. Malakath! There we go. Either this. He wants to know it every time. Does he actually really ask you that every single day? No, every other. Uh, every other week. Month. I can, I can totally see that. I sure you can. Okay. But if there's a highlight, that's when something significant happened. November of 2013. There you go. Fast forward And July. it was good. And it was good. In July of 2016, another new logo and opening were introduced and very much noticed at being different. The new opening begins with comic book panels that are seen in the previous two openings, but transitions into footage and art of the characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. First seen at the beginning of Doctor Strange. Love. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Love the Bomb. Oh, no, no, people. It's not the Peter Sellers movie. It's Doctor Strange. Steven, Master Mystic Arts. Starring, well, look at this photograph. Every time I do it, makes me laugh. Oh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm singing Nickelback in this place. You are? Okay. Fine. Jamming syllables in the place. Wow, that's a stretch. Okay. And what the hell is on Joey's head? I'm done. That was a good song, in my opinion, but there's there's another opinion about them. Nickelback song, those Nickelback songs sounding all the same. They really do. <sighs> Someday. Oh man, you do hurdy reali- hurdy man. You do realize Donovan. Ne- you do realize wow. next week is Spider Man. Uh, okay. Twenty two thousand two, and it features Chad Kroger's hero. Yes, Chad Kroger is the lead singer of Nickelback. Nickelback. So, oh, the Chad Kroger impressions that will be prevalent in that episode. A hero can save us. <laughs> not going to stand here and wait. Which, I'm not going to lie, is in my Spotify. Fine. Not- it's going to be on the karaoke song list, too, if we ever get out <laughs> out on the road with that. A new logo introduced at the 2017 D23 Expo to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the MCU. That... True believers, if you hadn't noticed, when the words Marvel Studios show up on the big screen, the letters I and O in the word studios change slightly coloration and shape to form the number 10. Marvel Stud Tennis. Genius! Marvel Stud Tennis. Marvel Stud Tennis. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Your serve. (laughs) You cannot be serious. But, yeah, with the There's change to 10, it's... 
hey, look, that it, could be, you know, somebody came up with that. I can't believe they did that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love your nerd voice so much. Uh, that gives me You started life. that from long podcast ago. Well, yeah, that was the episode where I do the voice from Robot Chicken, where he talked about Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Scarlett Johansson has a huge Johansson. <laughs> and it's Scarlett, uh, which is red for short. One of the things about this is the realization that the Marvel Universe started 10 years ago, a decade ago. Yeah, that too. It, it makes me feel old, I admit that, but also... It makes me excited to know that so much happened in 10 years, so much in terms of storyline progression. We see these characters change. We see them evolve, and we also see steady character development. Captain America always remained, though, one thing, for example, strong and full of integrity. Principle. And that never wavered. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about this character that I always loved. He had his morals. He had his ability to be the way he is. And we don't know what's going to happen with Avengers 4. We really don't. He might not return, which will break my heart if that happens, because you need Cap. I'm sorry, you need Cap. And Joe Abraham also asked us, what do we see happening with the future of the Avengers? I don't know. He wants to see the very, you know, soothing-sounding T'Challa as the leader. I can see that, because they do want to capitalize on the success of the character. On the flip side, I also see them, because we're going to be getting this character a lot, Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel would be a great leader for the new version. That, if anybody, would be possible. I'm just trying to think back on the Avengers. The ladies that got I the have, experience. Yes. What I have read in the Avengers, to my limited amount of time, you know, 70s through the, the early 90s thereabouts, that cap was really a mainstay. But... Nowadays, and again, bringing it to the masses of current time, you know, it's not out of the question to bring new leadership in, but at least start with change up the roster, perhaps have more people come in. I mean, yeah, in in, uh, Infinity War, what did Tony Stark say to Peter Parker? Congratulations. You're now an Avenger. Yeah. When they were on off, off of Earth and so on. Captain Marvel? Sure. Especially since you've got half of a team left. And again, things from this, so that is quite possible that Captain Marvel becomes the head of of this band of of people, and you know, get Tony off of Titan, kind of thing. We again, we don't know what the future holds. On top of you know the lineup, of the Avengers, we don't know what the future holds with the next villain, because you have to have a big villain. And if I'm being bold when I say this, remember, we didn't find out that Thanos was the main villain until Phase 2, if you remember. You just had, you know, little drop, little inserts, little snippet kind of things as to... Eddie, we might not find out until Phase 5 who the big bad of this upcoming next new quote-unquote era is going to be. Good. On that note, how about the development of Adam? We Again, we don't know who Adam is going to be because apparently Adam is not going to be in Avengers 4. That's what they're saying. They could change. We don't know. They might be doing a really good job keeping these things secret, and that's what I want. I Under want wraps in a cocoon, as it were. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right? yeah. I like the idea of how close to their chest they're keeping these details. Yeah. And that's, again, that's the beauty of these movies, because you want to be excited for the future. You don't want to be like, 
oh, I knew this was going to happen. Because I'm sorry, I've talked to people and they go, oh, that movie was so predictable when they refer to the Mar- some of the Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, really? You predicted that Peter Parker was going to go to prom with apparently his arch nemesis's daughter. right please when that when that reveal happened in my theater i heard a smattering of holy (laughs) that happened yeah you can't give me like yeah of course there's gonna be quote-unquote predictable things in these movies i get that that's film that's filmmaking 101 Mm -hmm. but there are still things in these movies that even i'm just like hot damn they did a really good job with this yeah no question that was a uh you didn't see that coming. What? You didn't see that coming? Sorry to our Russian listeners. Two, two Sokovian. <laughs> so our many Sokovian listeners. You Believe it or not, we just have a humo- the, You know our two biggest listener bases? Sokovia and Latveria. Out get. Yeah. <laughs> I am not believing. We might be... We apparently have been approached by this leader... This uh, ruler over in Ladveri, he wants to do something with us. I think it, his last name begins with a uh, Von. A Von, something Von, Von Eric. I think it's the ghost of Carrie Von Eric, the pro wrestler who only had one foot. Quick. We don't know, but we might we might do a live show over in Ladveria, you know, to help out our dozens upon dozens of listeners over there. So when they're allowed to listen, no, oh. they might be. That's a very beautiful country over in Ladveria. I mean, if you wear the proper mask and protection. And garb. The joke is Dr. Doom, people. In case you couldn't get the telegraphing of that, Dr. Doom of the Fantastic Four. Which, by the way, Fantastic February. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. But you will. Maybe. Potentially. Perhaps. Eddie? What does the future hold? This time tomorrow. Really? (laughs) Joe Abraham also <laughs> asked, like I did, I was commissioned to ask, what would we like to see Marvel Studios do in the future for other upcoming films? And I think it's a pretty open field yeah, to to bring virtually anybody in. So there are near endless possibilities. But Joe asked about um, a Black Widow film and what time frame would it be set in? I did think of also there being a solo individual black widow there is film. it's called solo a star wars film eddie I'm trying to qualify it but here we go an individual black widow film and i think it would need to be maybe more of an origin story or at least some Flesh more it of out. it yeah more than you kind of did in flashbacks in a previous you know avengers movie age of ultron an ultra in age of ultron and a little bit more you know in depth of the character and perhaps other, and who knows? I, you know, I don't know if it would be too much to try to incorporate her into a daredevil. I'm only thinking because of the comic book had both of them at least on the cover in the 70s or so on. Well, but Charlie, that, Charlie Cox should be the guy that comes into the MCU. Out of all of those actors okay. in the Netflix series, him and Bernthal should be up on the big stage with those guys mm-hmm. because they act their asses off on yep. those shows. Right. And right. they do an amazing job. Yeah. They literally cannot poop because so, they acted their asses off. So maybe uh, they had to pick them up off the floor. They might be. So maybe they, they, they laughed that loud. They had to. Uh, they'd have to possibly do a, a period Black Widow movie that's set in where she was brought up, cold environment, uh, not just temperature wise, but just socially, just brought up to be, uh, you know, 
cold-blooded, non-emotional assassin, killer, and have it brought up to the part where she comes into the Avengers world. That's That's an idea. Any other things that I had thought of included, and I think we'd spoken of it once before at least, was an Alpha Flight movie, the Canadian group of superheroes. Well, that's where if the Fox deal doesn't go through... Fox might already have something with Alpha Flight in mind because if you see Deadpool 2, I'm going to give a minor spoiler towards an Easter egg. Pay attention to the scene at the end when they arrive in the taxi cab okay. and look at the advertisement up top. Mm. That's all I need to say for you, Eddie. Elaborate on that. Why would you want to see, though, an, I mean, an Alpha Flight movie? I was just kind of running through my brain what things I had read young in younger days and I remember. And you're younger and more vulnerable years. First time I intentionally bought two copies of something, and that was Alpha Flight number one. I think part of it was John Byrne's artwork, which I love and still do. You're a burn victim. Thought I'm a burn victim. Wow. I need right. a, I need a nurse. A night nurse, yes. And Looking uh, for the night nurse. I thought, hey, this could be something. It was, I think, a little more pricey. Uh, maybe it was a dollar, the comic book. <gasps> Scandalous. Uh, thicker, more pages in it. And said, hey, maybe this will be worth something. That was the first thought as I was about 15 years old at the time that maybe, you know, and so have, that was the first time I bought two of a single issue. So, yeah, why not? Possibly. And I have in different places seen somebody dressed up as an Alpha Flight character. I think I've seen at least one time a Puck character, a little short guy. Uh, vertically challenged, if you will. You thought you saw a Sasquatch, but it was just a really, really hairy man? Negative. Negative. But I have seen a uh, Guardian in his... Uh, yeah, it's me. Red, I cosplay a Star-Lord, Eddie. Dark, yeah, yeah. Dark red and uh, white, as in the Canadian maple leaf flag costume of the oh, Guardian. Oh, Canada. Exactly right. So it might not be a bad, a bad uh, idea. To do that, if they brought in Guardians of the Galaxy, they could bring an Alpha Flight. They could bring an Alpha Flight. But the thing is, this you need X Men first to establish. Possibly. So I would I would do X Men first, then bring an Alpha Flight. Bring them in as like their own equivalent of like a Guardians of the Galaxy. Or you do some kind of reference with Wolverine. You There's know. so much like backstory you could like. Yeah, man, that's like if Ryan Reynolds translates over as Deadpool. Oh, the fun he's going to have just bring up those continuities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And myself, if I have to see a movie happen, like, of my choosing for a future phase, I want Moon Knight. Kevin Feige's gone on record saying he wants to see Moon Knight. And you know what? If we can't supposedly interweave these universes of the Netflix shows, of the street-level characters, and integrate them with the MCU movies... Guess what? I want to see Moon Knight then on the big screen and have him represent the street level heroes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll and go you with that. S- That's right, dude. You have so much with that character that can be amazing. I came up with about six different ideas actually, so that's only about one third of where I'm where I'm at. But that's your big proponent, I think, is Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight would be great because then you end up incorporating. You have to have a really good actor for this character, and you have the idea of the split personalities. Imagine the effects they could do with that where he's transitioning into the next persona. Mm-hmm. Mark Spector, mm-hmm. Lockie, all these different characters. I want to see that. And 
I highly recommend, if you're not reading it, check out the Max Bemis singer, lead singer of the band Say Anything. He's doing Moon Knight right now. Oh, okay. And it's a phenomenal story. The uh, Crazy Runs in the Family storyline just ended a few months, like a month or two ago. That sounds like a, a title that's been reused. I remember Oh yeah, with uh, Bill Sienkiewicz doing the covers in the 80s and even the full issues. Yeah, the interiors. And yeah, wild stuff. And really really uh, mind-bending kind of thing. In a non-psychedelic 60s way. And like I said, just give us Moon Knight. Like, that's a character you can accomplish so much with. People, the general movie-going public that watches these movies, they don't realize they need Moon Knight. If you no, right. Have, you've got you've to establish the need and uh, say, hey, this character is relevant. And I'm going to say this. Out of all the characters that have not been proposed yet or not gotten a movie that we haven't seen, like, the you know, with the MCU that hasn't been alluded to as well, like Captain Marvel. When the general movie-going public gets introduced to that character for the first time, when they see that character, they're going to want more. If you love Batman, you're going to love Moon Knight. And yes, they're not the same kind of character, but they kind of are in some elements. With night, level night of component, justice. cape thing, covered face, cowl-ish. So there's, there's threads that are like, yeah. I'll, I go on record as saying this, and I'll probably get crap for this, I like Moon Knight way more than Batman. You're, and I you're love, to. I love Batman. I like Moon Knight more. Because I was proposed to the character of Moon Knight with the description of bipolar Batman. Or no, split personality Batman. Yeah. And that was more, when I was like, yep, I'm on board. More fleshed out in a way than than Batman it's himself. Yeah. yeah. I, I go with that. And sure. if we get the... Oh my God, if they do Mr. Knight. Oh... Mr. Knight is such, when he's literally wearing just the white mask and a full white suit with a white tie, white gloves, white shoes, white belt, everything. Like I'm just that. going to Mr. Fix-It, the Hulk from there. Just miss <laughs> And Wolverine in a tux, too. If you have the ability to read the Warren Ellis run of Moon Knight, six, the first six issues of the 2014 run, I want to say. Okay. Worth checking out. Just phenomenal stuff. Wow. And very underrated. If you Hey, if you're on Marvel Unlimited, give it a read. My other ideas for future Marvel Studios movies, possibilities, wish list. How about it wouldn't be a reboot because it's a different character, but a Ghost Rider movie with Danny Ketch. Well, right now we do have Ghost Rider in the MCU through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. But it's with the Vroom Vroom car. But it's, and Robbie Reyes. Yes. Okay. I'm going back to the 90s, to the comics, and to Danny Ketch, who... Yeah. Again, with with that story, and you know, a lot later, not knowing that he and Johnny Blaze were related, you know, that doesn't have to come out this time around. But but allude to bring it out on. bring out that uh, that iteration of Ghost Rider, same principle, different motorcycle, uh, you know, the fact that his sister had to die early in there, as maybe the catalyst for the spirit of vengeance coming to fruition and. When he slams his hand on the gas tank of the motorcycle is when, whoosh, you know, a big fiery explosion. He becomes the spirit of vengeance and bring out, um, it was a death watch, I guess, and a couple of other baddies from that from that run. So maybe, you know, I think the possibility is, is there. I also think um, a solo movie of Black Cat, with or without Spidey. Well, we might be getting a Black Cat movie. Okay. But it's not going to be tied to the MCU. It might be tied to the quote-unquote Spider-Verse mm -hmm. without Spider-Man. 
Right. Okay. Because then you're going to, you know, you got the whole Mary Jane thing going and, you know, you don't need to set up conflict there. But possibly just to establish this character that does exist in in the Marvel comic another universe. Pick, another pick for myself, if we incorporate the Fox ones, Dazzler. A Dazzler movie could work and do it in the style of this already established pop musician. Just Disco. a big deal. And turns out, like, they discover, you know, because mutations can occur at any second. Yeah. Do, like, maybe, you know, you introduce this mist that, you know, unleashes mutations in the general public. And this is how, you know, we discover there are mutants. That, you know, we'll do that with the solo X-Men movie, whatever. And with this movie, we end up in the middle of all this, all the stuff like, oh, that X-Men movie. You remember that one scene where all the mists happened and everyone became mutants? Here's yeah. a movie that happens during that time and a whole fleshed out story from that little section. Right, right. Now you got to be careful, I think, with uh, with doing the disco component of it. You don't have that to do disco. Do... You can do pop, just general pop. Yeah. Okay. You could do what? Make it eighties, perhaps. I, um, I would go with. I would go with now. Like do like even throw in a modern day pop star. Throw in like a Katy Perry. Throw in a Rihanna. Justin throw in Bieber. somebody. No. Oh. Maybe. Well. Uh-huh. If you if you do a gender change, whatever. I don't but know. I just, would I want to see a, would I want to see the Bieber? No, but it. I would love to see like you know just a, one of the modern day big deal pop stars. Hanson, late. Okay, stop it. <laughs> it's nineties. Sorry, <laughs> number four. By the way, I would if I had to go with one, throw in Lady Gaga. Give it a shot. Why not? Okay. Lady Gaga and she like you don't have her be Lady Gaga. You have like this established character of Dazzler and do her movie. Allison Blaine. Why not? And yeah, the we, disco component comes in, you know, with maybe with some of the music because, to a degree, some Bee Gees music can can last quite more a long than time. A woman, you, you, no, more than you should a be dancing. Woman to me. Yeah, night fever. Night fever. Jive night. talking. Okay, that kind of stuff possibly, and Living not necessarily out. have the full fledged disco ball, but have that kind of look w- without it being cheesy cheesy old looking but then you know that's how the movies were made then and you see how a movie like Saturday Night Fever was but for its time great now you know I don't want to say it's laughable but you can see how time has aged it yeah so it's got potential I think in terms of that look and throwback music Uh, I have two more to throw out and I'm done the character of Nova that is Richard Ryder the, quote, original Nova character that, like Peter Parker, teenager, school, starting with that and get and getting these powers, maybe not sticking 100% to the story in the comics from the 70s, but uh, why not, as an offshoot, sort of, of when you first heard and saw the Nova Corps from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, develop a Nova story and cement him in the Marvel Universe more so. Finally, how about a Silver Surfer movie? His origin and his coming to serve Galactus. Or, if not that, maybe somehow divide and conquer a Heralds of Galactus type movie. Yeah, you could I mean, throw it like Firestorm, I believe. Uh, Fire Lord. Fire Lord, sorry. Was one. He had the, 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 the baton on fire at both ends. And I here think. I am as the guy who's currently reading the Annihilation story. Well, now that's, that's that. The, um, 
the Heralds of Galactus. Whether it comes from the perspective of of Galactus is a possibility, but there again, developing the character of Galactus more than has been so far would be a great thing. He's a tangent, he's a tangible sort of being, not just a big cloud that was threatening to consume Earth. Do you do you and realize the, the outfit that, that whatever would you know go along with with that? Do you realize once Phase Four happens, if we end up getting incorporation of the Fox stuff, we're gonna get so many wrongs righted. Uh, that is the whole. That's gonna be the that is right. best man. Now, who like, else can you tell me? I'm gonna go with um, <coughs> no, knowing what one, two, three, four, four heralds of Galactus, and maybe not necessarily in this Harold Faltermeyer. Harold Faltermeyer, that's right. <laughs> oh boy. Ah. Uh, See, no one else I could make that joke with, and I would get that reaction, so I appreciate Harold that. Harold Faltermeyer, the Axel F theme from Beverly Hills Cop. That's yes, all three minutes of it. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't the Heralds of Galactus would include, we said Fire Lord, would also include Nova, another character, by the uh, was a love interest of Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and the character's name was Frankie Ray. There is also, of course, a Silver Surfer, Norrin Rad. And Terax, I believe, was the character. It was a very harsh-looking dude, gray, with uh, some kind of neat uh, garb that he had, too. But he also had this battle axe and would sail across the cosmos on a big boulder, I believe. But Terax, I believe, was also featured in the Marvel comic run of the title was Cosmic Powers. Yeah. The sidebar on the uh, on the cover. And Terax had his own issue at one point as did some others, I think, Jack of Hearts, and uh, the rest of it escapes me. But why not? You know, it's it's open for a lot of, a lot of characters, and we invite you to, to add who you think would make a good uh, future Marvel Studios movie. Yeah. So give us the, uh, the input, the feedback. Send it to us, send it to us in our letter bag, once again, themarvelous at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, we'll, we'll take them. Oh, yeah. And I feel... We want it. Well, we want to know what you want to see. Do you think that Marvel? Do you think with? Do you think Marvel is going to surpass the buildup we had for Infinity War? I think that's a really, really hard thing to do. But do they try to do that? I don't know if they. I think they just have to keep a certain level. Yes, because it becomes now more of a challenge, more of an issue an issue sort of maybe that's not the right word to say okay we're 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 in it we bought into all this up to this point what are they going to do next do you know what would be the boldest decision they could do and i just thought about this no what Let's they did say, was the thing with no pants that was the wrong thing to do obviously it's not going to happen because we already have the films being set for phase 4 spider-man homecoming sequel is going to be coming out they're like currently filming that right now we're going to have Black Panther 2, obviously Guardians Volume 3. A bold decision would have been this. Phase 4, all movies of characters we haven't seen yet. And then we bring these other characters back in Phase 5, and then Phase 6, we end up having it be Phase 4 meets the OG 1 through 3. Yeah, you're going too far. <laughs> I think because... But how great would it be? You see like the big culmination of Phase 6 being these new characters teaming up with the original ones that we were all quote-unquote raised on joining forces to battle like maybe Galactus. Yeah, it's Galactus. not a bad idea. I mean, for if I'm following correctly, each phase will contain, what, five? 
movies? Uh, we've had different. We've had uh, phase okay. three is the largest, I believe, with like maybe seven or eight right now. Yikes! Okay, it was a lot. Losing track. Okay, wasn't wasn't keeping count. Like That's that. why when I was hearing like Spider Man uh, two was gonna be you know film like oh this is phase three right because it seems like it's never yeah. gonna end. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, phases are being discussed. Maybe it's in terms of a timeline that they they're coming out, but. How, I don't know. I, I guess they are significantly being referenced. All right, in this phase, we have the, the, all this going on. But for the general moviegoer, oh, yeah, you remember in this movie when this happened, and then that happened. And we, and haven't, it, yeah. we haven't talked about what the villain of Phase 4 could be, and or the future or whatever. What we're going to do with this, though, I'm going to give you a challenge. We're taking Galactus off the table. We're taking Doctor Doom off the table. If those were to happen... We're taking them off. It's not going to happen. Uh-huh. For me, if I had to do a quote-unquote big bad for this whole wave, I would continue the trend of cosmic because what's bigger than the universe? Nothing. Mm-hmm. This universal threat, I would bring in, I'm not just saying this because I'm reading it, Annihilus with the Annihilation Wave. Because, yeah, we had mm-hmm. Thanos blinking half of existence out of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're seeing this guy just destroy planets within seconds. And again, yeah, like I said, you know, Thanos doing that, well, they're both equal when you really think about it. Yeah. We don't have time to think about it. Like what, would your, what would your big bad be? Uh, big bad, big bad goes, well, I think Annihilus, Fantastic Four, Negative Zone, so that could be explored. Sure, why not? I would think Secret Wars and The Beyonder. Ooh, I like... And yeah, and again, just like we had with Infinity War, characters teaming up that we wouldn't have seen. Yep. The alliances being forged, the new rivalries being gained. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah I, I went straight to the, the Beyonder for that. More, you know, having read that comic from the 80s and just seeing how he was dressed in white and just... With the jerry curl. With the Jerry Carl black hair, right? Didn't seem like anything could have been just Joe on the street, Joe Cool, whatever. On the fly, cast the Beyonder. <sighs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> McConaughey will be a recurring joke, I think, I, on this I, show. It's just, yeah, it's just maybe that's why, because he's come up so much in conversation that uh, he just he just comes into play again. I would go with Tom Cruise. <sighs> really out of left field kind of choice, but you know what? Tom Cruise. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not He's, going anywhere else yet. He okay. can be he can be menacing. For a short little guy, he can be menacing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Give him the role. Why not? <sighs> and if he's you know, if you're gonna get a big name to be your big bad, what better choice than Tom Cruise? I don't know. Fill in the blank. Yeah, because Phil I Collins. <sighs> Phil Collins. Oh, man, Phil Collins would be a great villain in the MCU. Just imagine it. Trying. He'd okay. be an easy lover. You know what? That's it. <laughs> the show's over. We're never having it again. One more night. I mean, geez, let's just start dropping Phil titles here. Man, Eddie, you're pulling these references out, and you're going against all odds. Yeah, right. That's not a, not, not a no-brainer here. Thankfully, it's summertime, so we have no—well, not summertime, but it's almost summer, so there's no need for a— no jacket required. And album titles now. Okay. I don't have a girlfriend. All I have is the invisible touch. That's not 
no, no. That way I botched that. I have a pretend girlfriend. I have an invisible touch. There we go. Hey. That wasn't any better. That didn't that was terrible, wasn't it? They both were. <laughs> but yeah. I'm off to go back to my home planet now. See you guys. Blast off. All right. The aftermath of Infinity War podcast in the books. So before we end this episode, let's once again do that social media rigmarole. Go on Facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like on there. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelists. Give myself a follow at Peter Melnick. Yourself? At EWilson959. You can also follow us on Instagram where we share some pretty cool content at The Marvelists. Drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. Also, let's see. You can also find us on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. And please, five star if you like this program. And write a review. We like we like seeing little reviews, like what you think about the show, what you enjoy about the rapport between Eddie and I. You can also go on Stitcher Radio and listen to the show on your iOS or Android device. And guess what? With that Stitcher, go on stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code at checkout, Marvelists. And you can listen to our show as well as Wolverine the Long Night and a smattering of Smodco programs from Kevin Smith and his many, many friends. So, Eddie, for Peter Melnick, I am Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Next week. Spider-Man from 2002. Thwip. Man, what are we going to do? We don't we don't have We got Spider-Man, but where do we go from here? Now that all of the children are growing up. And where do we spend our lives when there's no one to end, lend us a hand? I just botched that. Yeah, the Alan Parsons Project, do not forgive you for that. Which I believe was a, a type of hovercraft. <laughs> oh, that look is priceless. Anyway, obsessed with Marvel time, people. Wow. Question number 704 reads, Which of the immortal elders of the universe first appeared in Marvel Team-Up? Was it the Grandmaster, the Collector, the Gardener, or the contemplator. I am definitely ruling out the contemplator. Really? Why? It just sounds bogus. To first I'm appear the contemplator. In, I think a lot. To first appear in Marvel Team-Up? Which of the immortal elders of the universe first appeared in Marvel Team-Up? Grandmaster, Collector, Gardener. I would actually... I'm thinking of The Stranger. Okay, and that was in Marvel Team-Up with Warlock, and I'm going... I don't know why I'm thinking like issue number 55, but that's a big stretch. Um, Grandmaster, Collector, Gardener, Contemplator. I'm going with Contemplator, to be honest. Do I even have a better guess than Grandmaster, Collector, Gardener? I'm thinking... Grandmaster appeared way beforehand. This is Marvel Team-Up, we're saying? Marvel Team-Up, yeah. Yeah, this is the Spider-Man series, I believe. Yes, yeah, exactly. he did not appear in... like Grandmaster did not have encounters with him. I, I would go with Contemplator. Gardener right. is a cosmic character as well as Grandmaster. And who's the other one? Collector. Collector, again, cosmic. There's no way he appeared in that. Yeah. Spidey's gone cosmic. He I'm has, gonna, but not I'm in team up. I'm stick to my gun and go with the gardener. It's the gardener. What? <laughs> you, you don't have to come over here and look. It's, this is what it is. All right, let's give it another question. 1758 is the number. Flip, flip, flip. Let's see where we go. 
1754. Don't look. I can see your cards. Okay. <laughs> 1754 is a long worded question. No, it's 1758. Damn you. See, right. now I want to read the first appearance of the collector. <laughs> Who was not one of Nighthawk's redeemers? Redeemers, capital R. Lady Lark, Black Archer, Haywire, or Redstone? I'm, I'm lost on this one. Who Haywire. Was not one of Nighthawk's redeemers. Lady Lark, Black Archer, Haywire, Redstone. You're saying Haywire? Yeah. Let's try it. Let's let her see. No. What? It's going to be Redstone. I probably. should have had it. It was Lady Lark. What? That was the <sighs> that was the answer. Not one of Nighthawk's redeemers. What was that, a team that Nighthawk had? Yeah, that was the Squadron Supreme. Oh, anyway, was that where it Disappointed! Okay. I know what we should be actually talking about as far as a future movie. The Revengers. Suicide Squad. Honka, honka. Oh, from a Ragnarok I, thing. I know, I know. Okay. Stop I'm thinking that I get that wrong? You got five now, Eddie. I'm thinking like the Ravagers? No, the Revengers. Took okay. you post-credit, but you got the five. Eight, six, eight... Seven that's, five three zero oh, nine. That, that's eight six seven. <laughs> it's really throwing the music people off into a tizzy. You got it. You got it. It's Roy Orbison. What? I got your number on oh, the that. wall. Okay, yeah. Eight six eight. Can I please get there sometime soon? Anything you want, you got it. <laughs> Pause for effect. Yeah. Eight six eight. Who has been known as Ronin, the Silver Samurai, Sunfire, Hawkeye, or Wolverine? Hawkeye. Hawkeye was Ronin. R-O-N-I-N. Yeah. R-O-N-I-N? Mm-hmm. He ended up becoming Ronin in New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis. New Avengers? Mm-hmm. 2000-ish. Or 2005-2007. Well, I'm going to side with you on that. Trust me on that one. I was kind of going to go into Wolverine here, but let's try it. It is correct. That's one of the runs I've been wanting to read for a while now. I want to hear that Ronin story. And one more? Yeah. Back to the beginning, sort of. It's 283. See, a lot more of the old school stuff I can be very hit or miss with, but when it comes to the newer stuff, I do know my stuff. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go with you there. Which legendary figure did Ben Grimm impersonate on a time trip? Count Dracula. Frankenstein's monster, the golem, or Blackbeard the pirate? Blackbeard the pirate. I remember this issue. I well, how often do you see Ben Grimm wearing an eye patch or a fake beard? Yes, I think that's now. Was that was that in a Fantastic Four or Marvel Two and One? Fantastic Four. I think it was Kirby that drew it too. Okay, we're gonna go Blackbeard the pirate. Correct. Hey, let's do that on an up note and uh, stop right there. <laughs> 